Today we are continuing our series of sermons on the Lord's Prayer. Today we will be examining something that we all know a little bit about, temptation. Specifically, as it is stated in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, much has been written on these words. Sam Levinson wrote, lead us not into temptation. Just tell, it where it, tell us where it is, and we'll find it. <laughs> Robert Orban wrote, most people would like to be delivered from temptation, but would like to keep it in touch. Mark Twain described temptation as this way. To promise not to do a thing is the surest way in the world to make a body want to go and do that very thing. Well, we all know that temptation is a serious matter. It doesn't just come to a few of us, but it comes to each of us. And it comes in a variety of ways And it comes every single day. I personally have known many temptations, and yes, I have succumbed to more than a few temptations in my life. Sometimes we are tempted with power, with greed, prestige, jealousy, lust, gossip, breaching of confidence, drugs or alcohol, money, and many, many, many more. I'll bet that list sounds familiar to some of us. Temptation comes in a variety of packages. There is not one that is immune of any of us. The desire to tell that little lie that we don't think will hurt anyone, that dishonest action that we don't think we're ever going to get caught or discovered for, To break the law in a minor way, believing that we will never, ever receive any repercussions. Yes, we have all fought the battles of the beast of temptation. Even Jesus fought battles with temptations. The most prominent battle, but not the only one, is described in our second spiritual reading for today, scriptural reading for today. It took place in the wilderness called Jessamon which means the devastation. It is a vast, vast desert east of the Jordan River. This is the wilderness where Jesus went shortly after his baptism. He was led by the Spirit of God into the desert, and we are told he had nothing to eat for 40 days and 40 nights. It was while he was in the wilderness that he battled the temptation of just how he was going to use the tremendous powers he had been given by God. Would they be used for or against God? There are three temptations and there are three responses. The first temptation was to turn stones into bread. This was a temptation to use the powers that Jesus had been given selfishly, and for himself. After all, he hadn't eaten for 40 days or 40 nights. The Bible tells us that he was famished. He must have missed the turn for the Burger King or the Jack in the Box. 
Jesus refuses to use his God-given powers for personal benefit. He does so by quoting the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The second temptation was to stand at the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem. That was 450 feet high. Then if he would leap from this and land among the people without being harmed, then all of them would surely follow him. But Jesus recognized that faith which is founded on the sensational was doomed to failure when the sensational events stopped being sensational. And so he rejected this temptation by again quoting Deuteronomy, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The third temptation is to compromise with evil in the world. The tempting voice said, fall down and worship me and I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. One might think this may have been the toughest temptation for Jesus. He was on earth to spread his message of love and caring and hope far and wide. He was on earth to spread, but he was stuck in that backwater place called Galilee. The ability to reach all the kingdoms of the world would be a strong temptation. But even as Jesus may have struggled with this temptation, we know he became convinced that one can never defeat evil by compromising with evil. Therefore, he tells his tempter with his final quote from Deuteronomy, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Just as Jesus had his battles with temptation, so do we. So do we. There are four things that I think we can learn from how Jesus dealt with his temptations to help us in dealing with our own. First, perhaps the greatest of temptations that we will endure is the decision to be true or not to be true to what we are called to be. Jesus was not just tempted with small issues such as to take a car for a joyride, cheat on his taxes, or pick a fight with his neighbor. It's much deeper than that. He was being tempted to deny who he is, the Son of God, the Messiah, who has a specific mission here on earth. We are the children of that God, each and every one of us. We are called to model and live our lives based on the life and teachings of Jesus. We, too, have a specific mission on earth. In a world where might makes right, we have been named ambassadors of reconciliation. We are to sow love where there is hatred, hope where there is despair, faith where there is doubt. We are to be honest even where being dishonest is much easier. To do unto others as we would have them do unto us. To forgive no matter what harm has been done to us. 
Those and many other qualities are our standard, our standard to live by when we say we are a Christian. We must carry out those standards even though we are tempted not to do so every single day. In other words, we are to live like Jesus lived at all times and to yield to the temptations of our world never, ever, ever. Those temptations seek to pull us away from those standards. Jesus did not yield to temptation, and neither should we. Second, the response to temptation always involves a choice. The choice between what is right and what is wrong according to the standards set by Jesus. I believe that inside of us, we all know what the right and the wrong response is to temptation. I believe that knowledge is a gift from God. However, God has given us a second gift, and that is the gift of free will. God does not compel us to do what is right in response to temptation. Instead, God allows us to respond however we want to. But when we choose that which is wrong, even a little tiny small way, we find that we are distancing ourselves from God. And the more we do it, the further we take ourselves from the grace of God. There is a terrible progression about choosing that which does not meet the standards set by Jesus. There's a story I like to tell when we're challenged to make concessions to any negative thing in our lives. I have friends of mine who are public defenders. They defend people who are alleged to have committed crimes who cannot afford an attorney. And some of those crimes are horrendous. Serial rapists, serial murderers, or people who have killed in the name of some terrorist organization. My friends are always asked, how can you possibly defend such a person? Their answer is, while we may represent the individual, we also represent the legal system. The system that guarantees to each and every person a fair and just trial, no matter what they have done, no matter what they have said. Then they go on to say that the minute someone does not get or we say does not deserve a fair trial because of what they have done or said, we open the door to denying such trials to the person that is politically incorrect, the person who is unpopular, the person in a minority. When we yield to temptation, even if it's a very small concession, the effect is the same. When we choose that which is not what Jesus would have us do, we open the door. Then it is so easy to do it again and again and again. It is so easy to be trapped in the terrible progression of making the wrong choices in our lives. That 
we will find ourselves on the path to despair and to hopelessness. Jesus did not give an inch to the tremendous temptations that he was subjected to, and therefore neither should we. Third, the more gifts that God has given us, the more we will be tempted. You have heard me say many times that each and every single person in this sanctuary today have been given gifts by God, but those gifts are to be used in God's service. Jesus was very critical of the religious leaders of his time because they used their God-given gifts for themselves and not God. The most well-known of those groups of leaders were the Pharisees. They were a religious or a political party. The word Pharisee literally means separatist, the name given to them by their opponents because of their holier-than-thou attitude. Their aim was to strictly follow both the written and oral law, and they looked down upon people who could not do so, even though themselves were in, had an inability to do so. Jesus described the Pharisees by saying at Matthew 23, 3-5, But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. Does that sound familiar to any of us? The Pharisees were truly using God's given gifts for themselves and their position in society. In Jesus, we see just the opposite. He, of course, had tremendous powers given by God. In his three temptations, he had to use those powers for his own abilities, his own self. He relied on God and literally said he would only serve God. I think all of us are tempted to use the gifts we have, served, we have received from God for our own purposes. Like Jesus, we need to say no to those temptations and use the gifts we have been given in God's service. Finally, our own journeys into the wilderness to fight temptation are never taken alone. At the end of the temptation story as told to us today by Matthew are these words. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Jesus was not left to fight his battle with temptation alone. And neither are we. We have God with us who never leaves us alone. And if we are aware of and accepting of God's presence we will never be tempted beyond our ability. Isn't that the guarantee that most of us want? The guarantee is not the testing, because the testing will come. But it is, as it is said at 1 Corinthians 10:13, no testing has overcome you that is not common to everyone. 
God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with testing, he will also provide you with the way out so that you may be able to endure it. So as we leave here today, we will surely be tempted. We will surely be tempted not to follow the path of Jesus. Let us prepare for those temptations by understanding who and what we are called to be by God. Doing so will prepare us to make the sometimes, sometimes very difficult choices we will have to make in the face of temptations. Let us respond to the call to use our God-given gifts in the service of God and not ourselves. Let us respond to the call to use God first and foremost in our lives to lead those lives. Finally, even in the most difficult battles with temptation, we are never alone. God is with us, giving us the strength and the power to reject temptation that will try to pull us off the path of living the life based upon Jesus. So, let the battles of temptation begin, knowing that we will be victorious because we are in the presence of God and taking the steps that Jesus would have us take. Amen.